0: Welcome to another episode of The Right Moment. My name is George Wright, and I am the president of Right One Consulting, Right To You Training and Development, and Right For You Coaching. The purpose of this podcast is to explore the ideas that we generate with our clients from our three companies. Right One Consulting provides selection advice and guidance based on our pre-employment selection assessment tool. Right To You Training and Development provides High-quality online training to individuals that's based on our stand-up programs we deliver to our corporate clients. And Right For You Coaching and provides coaching to individuals and corporate clients. In episode three today, we are talking about hiring. We're going back to our roots here a little bit. We're going back to the ideas that we generated around um, how to bring people into your company. And this comes out of our work with Right One Consulting. As some of my clients, some of you listeners may know, that's one of the primary things we do at Right One is help people make better hiring decisions. So, as I said, we want to go back to our roots here. We want to talk about why hiring is the most important thing you will ever do in your organization. According to a study from the National Business Research Institute, 66% of employers said that they have experienced some negative effects from a bad hire. Let's face it, poor employees affect morale. In organizations of all sizes, poor employees, people who don't perform effectively, distinctly impact the morale of that organization. It shows up on engagement scores. It shows up on many other measures. Poor employees also negatively impact client relationships. That often results in a decrease in sales. I was talking to a CEO just yesterday afternoon about this experience he had had. He had employed this individual to come into his organization in sales and customer service. And although he knew there were some challenges around this individual, he kind of looked the other way. He made some decisions to do some some engagement with her, some coaching with her. But over two years, she really didn't perform to the level that he expected. He kept her on anyway. He kept trying to make this work. And finally, he realized that this individual was negatively impacting some client relationships. He got direct feedback from some of his customers in spec. They said, look, you know, she's just not effective with us. Uh, There's some real problems here. You don't seem to be attending to it. Uh, Nonetheless, they they continued to do business with the organization, primarily through him. But he finally made the decision, hey, it's not working out for both of us. This isn't a good place for you. It's not really working for me and my clients. So we're going to part ways. And And they did so. And once that individual was gone, a number of his customers and clients came up to him and said, hey, that's the greatest thing you ever did. And he was a little bit surprised because he didn't realize the depth of the problem uh, the, that individual negatively impacted a lot of those client relationships. Now, the good news there was he had a great team of other people and he was really effective at what he did. So, in the long run, he probably didn't suffer that much because of it, but it sits there. When we have people on our payrolls and our organizations who are not performing effectively, it does impact those relationships, which can result in in less sales and less effectiveness. And certainly, long-term relationships do get harmed by those individuals, What else do we know from this National Business Research Institute study? 41% of companies have estimated that a bad hire costs them around $25,000. Now, what does that number mean? That comes out of direct and indirect costs. That means you may lose sales, you may lose effectiveness, you have to go out and hire someone else, you then have to train them, get them up and running. All of those direct and indirect costs run up around twenty five thousand dollars. That's a good number that I've heard that before from other places, and that's something our own clients report. But here's something that's a little bit surprising to me, and may be surprising to you: twenty five percent of the companies from that survey report that a bad hire cost them as much as fifty thousand dollars. That's kind of shocking. Now, that that may be coming from uh, employment of higher-level people, C-suite, VPs, executives. But again, when you look at that, this is kind of expensive. You do a poor job hiring, it's going to cost you in the long run. And we we tend to know that. But when we put actual dollar figures around it, it becomes more real to us. There's another study out there that I've seen referenced in a number of places. I've never been able to track it down. So I'm going to take this one with a little bit of grain of salt. But it basically said... Forty-six percent of all new hires fail within 18 months. Um, I, I'm I'm not sure where that number comes from, but it, it it really sort of shows the depth and breadth of this problem. We've got a, a monetary issue around this. We've got an impact issue. We've got people coming on board and maybe not performing, and then we have to repeat the process every 18 months. This can be not a great way to do it, and that's why we always talk about hiring being the most important thing you're ever going to do in your organization. Hiring the right people is essential to keep the cost down. People don't track that for the most part, but it sits there. There's a cost to bad hires. It's also key to building the kind of team, the kind of culture, and the kind of company that you really want to develop and grow. If you want to successfully hire people, if you want a successful company, you have got to hire success-minded people. You've got to hire people who are effective. And of course, that sounds easy, but it's not. It's a hard thing to do. Recruiting talented people and then keeping them is difficult. It's time-consuming, and there are no shortcuts. There are no hacks for doing this. You've actually got to be invested in this. Over the 30 years that I've been advising clients on how to make better hiring decisions, I've developed a little bit of a sense for some universal qualities that make up good hires, the kind of people that can actually serve as the bedrock for a very strong corporate culture. So when you're evaluating potential candidates or you're looking at an individual, you may want to think, hey, I want to promote this person. Consider these four attributes that you want to look at when you're evaluating people. Number one is love of the work. This is not love of the job. This is the work itself. The job is the structure, the work itself. If you don't love what you're doing, you're probably not going to be very good at it. So when you're looking at someone, do they actually love what they do? Do they get excited talking about it? Do they seem engaged by it? Are they energized? Remember that anybody, to be effective at anything they do, they've got to get energy from it. That's the way you become good at something. So one, they have to love the work. Two, self-motivation. People have to be self-motivated. Remember, and this is a little bit of a contradiction for some of you. For some of you, I hope not. As a leader, it's actually not your job to motivate anybody except you. Now, we're gonna talk about motivation in 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 an upcoming podcast and what it is, what that actually means, what does it mean to be motivated. But remember, for now, as a leader, it is not your job to motivate people. Your job is to hire self-motivated people. And then, do your best not to demotivate them. When you hire self-motivated people, Your work gets a little bit simpler. You have to find ways to give them interesting things to do and then let them do it. So number two, look for self-motivation. Three, character. I love this saying, uh, and it's a little bit humorous, but it, it, it really goes to the point. There's no amount of training that will change a potato into a carrot. Look, let's face it. You can train nearly anybody to perform any specific technical skill set. But you can't train people to be self-assured. You can't train people to be hardworking and conscientious and persistent. There are some things you can do to impact that, but your job gets really easy and certainly (laughs) the work gets more effective when you hire people with those traits, people who lack those traits to start with will not elevate or maintain the culture or the kind of company you're looking for. I don't care how many training programs you send them to. That simply will not work. So, we're talking about love of the work, we're talking about self-motivation, and we're talking about character. Number four, culture is everything. You can go out and do all those things, number one, two, and three. You can find someone who loves the work. They are self-motivated and they have the certain character traits that you're looking for. Great. But then the culture kicks in. So employees should be paid fairly, right off the bat, pay people fairly. That's an important part of effectiveness in any work environment. But an extravagant salary should not be used as a hiring or retention incentive. You want people to be motivated to work in your culture and your environment for the right reasons. Because they want to fulfill the mission. Because they love what they're doing. And it cannot be just for the money. I spent the last few weeks working with, with a client. And whenever I sit down with these individuals, it always amazes me. They are paid exceptionally well. But when we talk about, okay, if you weren't paid this amount of money, would you still do it? Every one of them said, I love doing this. I am turned on by the fact that I get to do this kind of work. The money's nice, but even if it was less or it was something different, I would still love doing this. That's what you're looking for. Now, don't get me wrong. There are extenuating circumstances where you have to go above and beyond market value. You may need to pay someone more who comes with a very specialized skill set. We all understand that in my experience, that's a rare exception. Now, throughout my career of 30 years, I've met business leaders, people who run companies, work in companies. They always tell me, I don't have the time to do this hiring thing. I just don't. I just want to put a body in the chair. Well, that's problematic. Remember, hiring is the most important thing you will ever do. If you start with good people, if you give them room to do what they do well, If you let them know that they matter, success tends to be a natural outcome. But there's another aspect of this that maybe you haven't considered or looked at or even evaluated. It's called the interview. This is where I always get myself in a little bit of difficulty, especially with clients who are coming on board with Right One. We tend to ask them about their interview process. How do they go about doing that? Now, employment interviews as a selection method, they're kind of ubiquitous. Everybody does them, and it's probably inconceivable to most of you and to most organizations that any organization would conduct hiring without using an interview. We're very comfortable with that. But if we turn to the research, which is extensive in this area, there's a lot of research that says, hey, does the hiring process work? The research clearly and consistently shows That interviews, specifically unstructured interviews, the most common kind of interview, is a really bad predictor of job performance. Now, Google did an extensive research project on this several years ago. They found that the unstructured interviews, and those are, again, that's what most people use, don't predict anything about job performance. In fact, they've found specifically interviewers and interviews are a terrible predictor of what people actually do on the job. Many managers really think that they're good at this. In fact, Laszlo Block has a great quote about this. Laszlo Block was the chief HR person for Google when this research came out. He had a great quote, and I love this. Many managers Recruiters and HR staffers think they have a special ability to sniff out talent. They are wrong. It is a complete random mess. We found zero relationship. That's by Lazlo Block. Now, that is also my experience. Many people tell me, oh, I can interview someone for 15 minutes and I can figure them out. No, you can't. No one can. Unstructured interviews typically don't have a set format, they don't have predetermined questions, they have no process to score and evaluate candidate responses objectively. And in many cases, these interviews are conducted in what we would describe as an idiosyncratic way. The interviewer has broad discretion over what questions to ask and how they evaluate those answers. This in turn shifts the focus to the interviewer's implicit theories about what they are looking at and what they're in assessing. What does that mean? All of you have an implicit theory about people. You bought into it, you're biased by it, it drives what you think about people. Well, instead of focusing on signals and answers and really things that can predict success, we get trapped by our own biases. That's the problem with the unstructured interview. But there's more to this. They have low reliability. They have low validity. Those unstructured interviews, horrible predictors. And what happens is the probability of you getting the right candidate goes significantly down. And finally, humans are not really good at being interviewed as well. Let's face it, um, candidates lie. I mean, We always forget that. We, we worry about, you know, are they lying on this or that? You know, Candidates lie from time to time in an interview. They're going to tell you what you want to hear, especially salespeople. One of the biggest challenges you're ever going to face is hiring a good salesperson. Why? They're trained. They know how to be persuasive. They're good at it. They're going to make you buy them. Well, that's why the interview tends to be a really poor tool to select salespeople, unless it is highly structured and it goes according to a plan. Also, we look at the biases that just come with human interaction. There's gender, there's race, there's disability. In the simplest term, unstructured interviews are going to require you and result in you hiring a very cookie-cutter-like candidate that's what you're going to get. You're not going to get the best candidate. You're going to look at somebody and say, okay, that's good. We'll do that. Structured interviews, on the other hand, are far more resistant to bias factors. When you link your interview, that process, to very specific job factors, when you structure the interview and ask consistently the same questions to everybody, and you have a process to evaluate that, the ability of that interview to be effective goes up consistently. Look, biases will always exist in interviews, and it doesn't matter, it turns out, how good you think you are or how effective you may be. We are all biased during the interview process. To overcome that, we've helped our clients develop better structured interview systems. If you're interested in talking with us about that, we can certainly help you design, develop, and deploy an effective structured interview system that asks the correct kinds of questions consistently with all candidates. With all of that being said, we also want to turn to something else. There's another tool available when it comes to hiring that is really incredibly effective. It's called using a psychological assessment. Psychological assessments guide hiring managers and people involved in the hiring process towards the types of individuals who have a higher potential to succeed within a company. Why do they work? Well, the structured approach of a psychological assessment in the selection process offers you insight into how well that candidate fits into your culture and how they're actually going to perform when they get on the job. These assessments can also point to areas that you need to be mindful of when hiring. We can uncover things that you may want to look at and probe further with that individual. They become an objective, professional, common denominator in the process that helps to smooth out some of the discrepancies that you get in experience levels and skill levels among the hiring managers who are doing that interviewing. They're a great tool to support that structured interview process. Assessments are used to determine personality traits. They're used to assess values and interests and skills. In fact, our assessment reports Talk about things like general level of intellectual capability. Does this individual have the capacity to integrate problems? And more importantly, how do they like to solve problems? What is their problem solving style? We can get to that with assessments. We talk about emotional resourcefulness. Can this individual adapt? Can this individual adjust quickly? Is this individual comfortable working through problems and challenges on their own? We explore how they respond to stress. What does their stress response look like? Can they maintain their objectivity? Do they get worn down by stress? And what are the consequences of that for that particular job? We also talk about interpersonal style. Does the individual interact effectively with other people at work and, and your client base? We can also talk about things like their work style, their work approach. Do they prefer to work in a structured and systematic manner? Or do they tend to be unfocused? Do they need guidance? Do they need support? Do they need some oversight? Is that available? What does the management style look like? We can explore all of those options and alternatives when you're using a psychological assessment. We also look at the individual's management style, if they're in fact a manager. We look at their sales capabilities. We look at their sales style, if they're in fact selling. These are all the things that you can discern By using psychological assessments. And again, I want to point out one key point here that they become the objective professional common denominator to look at everybody the same way. That helps tremendously when you're trying to hire people. So, what do I want you to remember about this? First, hiring is the most important thing you will ever do in your organization. Give it the time and the attention. That it needs Two, be on the lookout for some of those key qualities and characteristics. Does the individual love the kind of work that they do? Are they in fact self-motivated? Do they in fact discipline themselves? Do they have the right kind of character traits necessary to do that work? Look at your corporate culture. Are you paying people effectively, but are you also encouraging people to capitalize on the strengths that they bring to you? Oftentimes, I've worked with clients where they, they do a great job about hiring, but then I find out later their corporate culture doesn't match that. It doesn't support that. The individual doesn't work out. Well, you've got to look at your corporate culture as well. What are you doing to support that individual? Look at your interview process. Most interviewers are not well-trained. They've never taken a course on interview training. And yes, we provide that training if you want us to. We can teach people how to be more effective interviewers. Look at that process. Begin to develop a structured interview system. It will help anything else you do so much more effectively. That alone is a big shift to make your hiring process more effective. And finally, consider using an pre-employment assessment. Look, people have misconceptions and misnomers about assessments and what they are. You know, candidates don't really like them a whole lot, but they're really valuable tools. They do show that you care. They actually show that there's an objectivity to your hiring process as well. They can actually keep you out of trouble. A lot of times when an interview can get you into trouble. So before you say, well, I don't want to use assessments, they're problematic. Let's check that. Let's have a discussion about what the value add is there. Again, they're not be-all and end-all. You should never hire someone or not hire someone only based on an assessment. You should look at the total package that individual brings. But use the right kinds of tools. What are you looking at and why are you looking at it? This is George Wright for The Right Moment. I hope you've enjoyed our conversation. And in fact, if you have questions about hiring, how to do it more effectively, please reach out and talk to us. The Right Moment. Featuring our three companies Right One Consulting, which provides pre employment assessment and guidance on how to hire better candidates. Right to You, our, our web based platform that provides training to you one on one based on our stand up training that we deliver to our corporate clients. And three, Right For You, it's our coaching company. We provide coaching to individuals and corporate clients to help people capitalize on their potential to be more effective. Until the next time, this is George Wright for the right moment.